0: Welcome to the Field Log Podcast, weekly reflections for the Warrior King, to help you master yourself, fulfill your purpose, and conquer the day. I'm your host, Marcian Sicario. Field Log. Day 74. Budgeting. At long last, the episode on budgeting is here. There's a couple of topics that I bring up all the time and I mention them in passing and I say I'll make a field log on them. But like I've said before, I don't control when the episodes happen, right? I have an idea, it goes on the list and we just go in order. But today we're going to cover one of those topics, budgeting. I talk about budgeting all the time. It is a fundamental element of your financial stewardship and your wealth building strategy. We're going to talk about why you should budget, what budgeting looks like, and how you can start to implement this in your life to make the money that you're already earning go much further and set yourself up for further success in your financial endeavors. So before we start, let's get the housekeeping out the way, right? We all know what budgeting is, but I'm going to give you a quick definition in case it's a little fuzzy for you, or maybe you've never heard the term before, I guess suppose that's possible. When I say budgeting, I mean there is a certain amount of money that's coming in usually monthly or bi-weekly, however you're currently earning money, or maybe you're not earning money, you're living off savings, maybe you're between jobs, that can happen. But budgeting is just the intentional allocation of your financial resources. That's all it is. One of my all-time favorite quotes is from, I think his name is Peter Drucker. I don't actually know who he is. But I used to hear it quoted all the time on the Tim Ferriss podcast years ago when I used to listen to that a lot. Really enjoyed that for sure. I just don't really have that time anymore. But he used to always say, what gets measured gets managed. And that's a quote from, I think his name is Peter Drucker. I could be misremembering that. But when you don't measure, when you don't track, when you don't oversee your financial resources, they don't get managed and you end up making choices that if someone asked you, right, if somebody had, let's say, Complete access to your bank statements and this person were to ask you like a financial advisor or somebody. And this person were to ask you, Did you know that you're spending, I don't know, hundred dollars a month on Starbucks coffee? You'd be like, really? I don't want to spend that much on Starbucks coffee. And then, you know, those five, six dollars that you're spending every time you walk in that you didn't realize were adding up so quickly, you would be more intentional about it. Right? A lot of the time The majority of the effect, the majority of the growth, the majority of the efficiency that you're going to achieve in any area of life is, it ultimately comes down to doing things on purpose, right? That's everything that the warrior king ethos is about, right? As a man, you're born with a certain set of qualities, with a certain set of proclivities and interests and passions. And if you take them all to their highest potential, right, you work on them relentlessly, you do everything in your power to make them go as far as possible. You will beat every single other man out there who is insanely talented but isn't working on something. Likewise, someone could be earning twice as much money as you and you could be stewarding your resources, budgeting better intentionally than that man. And within five years from now, all of your savings and your investments and everything will have grown to such a point where no one will know that you were making half the money he was making. Right, And something similar is true. In jobs, for example, right? Or employment or business opportunities, right? I recently, I think I've mentioned this offhand before, I recently closed a very lucrative business opportunity. Thanks be to God, of course. And my skill set as a programmer is not exceptional, right? I'm good at what I do, but I'm not fantastic or incredible at what I do. I know plenty of developers in the exact same space that I'm in who do exactly what I do. I have a really close friend actually who's been doing what I'm doing right now for way longer than I have and I earn more money than he does just because I'm being intentional about seeking out business opportunities. So this is the idea with which we approach budgeting. The reason you should budget is that if you're spending your money without paying attention and you're not thinking about it, you're losing a lot of efficiency. And I'm not even talking about, you know, you can really get into extreme budgeting You can be really frugal and if that's what you want to do, you know, God bless you. That's fantastic. I love that for you. But there's plenty of guys out there who are living a lifestyle that wouldn't change at all if they were just intentional about their budgeting. For example, let's say you do video editing and you're using Adobe Premiere, right? I use Adobe Premiere. I'm about to switch to DaVinci Resolve. DaVinci Resolve is completely free. I think it's open source. Adobe Premiere costs me $50 a month. So that's just an intentional choice. And once I learn the software, it's not going to have an impact. It's not like I'm making blockbuster movies. I'm just editing content for Instagram. So these kinds of intentional choices are going to allow you to make your money go much further. This is why you want to budget. If you're spending your resources that God has entrusted to you in a haphazard way, you're like the wicked and lazy servant from the parable of the talents that we talked about a couple of days ago right if you're given something and you either intentionally or unintentionally don't take care of it the same is true for your body right if you're doing these kinds of things or you know other things in your life as well then not only are you being disrespectful to what god has given you but you're also leaving a lot on the table so you could essentially have two approaches to budgeting or i suppose three if you think about it the first one is to do nothing right and that's absolutely not an option right? I want you to forget that forever. If you're not tracking, you're spending month to month or week to week or whatever time frame works for you. If you're not doing that, let this be the final day that you let that happen. And we'll talk about it at the very end, of course. But that is no longer an option for you. It's been pointed out. If you've never thought about this, now you know that's not an option. You're not allowed to spend money in a way where there's no oversight. Then of course, option number two would be just looking at the finances that you have right now and budgeting intelligently and not changing your lifestyle at all, right? You could, you know, your financial advisor could tell you you're spending $100 a month on Starbucks and you might say, that's fine. I want to spend that $100 on Starbucks. Or you might say, I'm going to go to another coffee shop that's more affordable. Or you might say, I'm going to start making my coffee at home, those kinds of things, right? To make that money go further. And then option number three is going to be to look at your budget, To set it up, to see what you're spending, and then to start cutting everywhere you can. This is the approach that takes the most discipline, right? I usually live somewhere between two and three. I don't live very frugally, but I live somewhat frugally. I live far, far, far below my means. But that doesn't mean that I don't buy things for myself or other people, right? One of my favorite things to do when I'm going out to eat with my friends is to pick up the tab, right? I I am blessed to be in a position where I can do that without feeling the impact, And it's a way that I show appreciation to people, right? If you're talking about love languages, I'm sure everyone's heard the framework of love languages. My two biggest ones in the way I communicate love to others is acts of service and gift giving, right? I show people I appreciate them and care about them by doing things for them and by buying them things. That's just how I communicate these things. And if you're a psychologist, I'm sure you could analyze that and figure out what that says about me as a person. The point being, I'm not saving every penny. And you don't have to either. That's not what this episode is about. The only takeaway today is going to be two things. There's going to be two takeaways. The first one is that it's no longer an option for you to live your life in a way where you're not tracking your spending. That's out the window now. You are going to start tracking it. And the second takeaway is that once you've determined what your spending is, you're going to make adjustments to it as you see necessary. Right, that's what's going to happen after today. You're going to have oversight over how you're spending and you're going to start adjusting that to fit your goals, to fit your needs, right? Maybe you're the kind of person who wants to save up aggressively to start investing. That's fine. That's all fine. Or you're the kind of person who wants to have oversight to start cutting things that aren't really bringing you as much joy as you're spending on them. For example, let's say you spend $150 a month or $200 or whatever it is eating out. And you realize that it's just a minor convenience. When was the last time you spent money on a minor convenience? Right? Are you spending $200 a month to have a professional cleaning crew come in and clean your house? My guess is no, because I don't even do that. So is the convenience you're getting from eating out worth the $200? Or would you rather use that $200 to go to a cooking class, start cooking at home, and then it's a one-time investment, and then you can have great food at home, and the minor inconvenience wasn't worth the money? Those kinds of things, right? So that's the goal today. Now, with all of that being said, let's talk about the budgeting strategy that I recommend. And it's very, very simple. It's called envelope budgeting. I've mentioned before that I use an app called Good Budget, and I'm going to put a link to that in the show notes for you so you can download it. It's free, I'm pretty sure, or a one-time payment if you want more categories. And we'll get into what the categories are in a second. But you can do that, you can find another app if you want, you can use, if you really want to, you can use a spreadsheet, right? You can do it by hand. But envelope budgeting is basically the philosophy where you say, in these different categories of my financial life, I'm going to allocate this much money every month. It gets its name from the original implementation, right? How, how, how did people used to do this? Well, you got your paycheck, let's say, at the beginning of the month, hypothetically, and let's say it was, I don't know, $10,000, And then you would say, okay, I'm going to take 500 and I'm going to put that towards groceries. I'm going to take 300. I'm going to put that towards fun. I'm going to take a thousand. I'm going to put that towards car payments and gas and insurance, transportation needs. I'm going to take 2000. I'm going to put that towards my mortgage or my rent or whatever it is. And each one of those had a physical envelope that it was in. And every time you needed money for something, you were about to go grocery shopping. You know, you would either grab the grocery envelope or maybe you take some money out of it put it in your wallet and go grocery shopping. Well, now we can do that digitally. You don't need physical envelopes. You don't need to have cash on hand, right? You can use an app like Good Budget where after every paycheck or at the beginning of every month, it fills it up digitally. And then when you spend money, right? I do this as I'm out, right? If I'm out and I went to a restaurant and I paid for people, I look at the bill, I go to Good Budget, I go to my miscellaneous envelope, eating out for me, that's considered a leisure activity, that's miscellaneous. And I put in eating out with people or whatever restaurant we were at. I don't know, Chick-fil-A or something. And then $50. And then that gets subtracted. So you can actually track over the course of the month. ooh, I'm, I'm behind, right? I've been spending too much money on eating out. So the next opportunity to eat out, and be like, hey, guys, I'm going to hang back this one time or something like that. Then, of course, there's certain expenses that repeat. So it's really just a formality there, but you're still going to do it. You're still going to keep an oversight over that. So the first step, my recommendation, and you don't have to use this system, you could use something like Mint, which is another app that's very popular for budgeting, and you basically connect it to all of your accounts, your checking, all of your credit cards, and every time you swipe one of those cards and use it, it automatically syncs with your Mint. The reason I don't use Mint is twofold. One, I like manually putting the money that I spend into the app because it keeps me accountable, and two... I don't like the categories that they force on you. They have like dining and entertainment and um, health and fitness and all of these little tiny categories that I don't like using. I like broad strokes. I don't want it to get too complicated. But if you do want to use the method that I use and you want to use something like good budget, you want to use envelope budgeting, you're going to open up a simple spreadsheet first. You're going to start there. And you're going to write down your... Monthly gross income, right? Let's say you're being paid monthly. You're going to put that at the top, and then you're going to look at your paycheck and you're going to see how much is being taken out for taxes, how much is being taken out for insurance. You're going to write that in, right? You can calculate those things, and then you're going to be left with a net monthly income. And then from the net monthly income, you're going to subtract the certain categories that you have. And I'm going to pull up my app real quick and tell you what my categories are, and that can be a starting point for you. So for me, the categories are groceries. And this is grocery shopping. This does not include eating out. That doesn't count as groceries. It's gas. It's craft, which includes music-related expenses. It includes hosting for the Warrior King website. It includes hosting for the Field Log podcast. It includes promotional fees and those kinds of things. All of that goes under craft. Then I have a category for bills. That's car payment, insurance, phone bill, rent payment, those kinds of things. I have a miscellaneous category, which is everything else. That's what I do for fun, when I'm buying clothes for myself, when I get a tattoo, when I go on a date and I pay for the date, all of that falls under miscellaneous. You can split those up if you want. That's up to you. And the last category is tithing, right? And that should, of course, be 10% of your net take-home pay, right? You don't have to, at least. I've asked my priestess before. He didn't give me a clear answer. The way I interpret it, you don't pay 10% of your gross income because some of that goes to taxes. So it would be more than 10% of what you're seeing. So it should be 10% of your net income. Let's say your monthly pay is $15,000 and then after taxes is $10,000, then it would be $1,000 a month would be your tithe. So when I tithe the church, right? When the offering basket comes around, I pull out, I keep cash on me. I usually keep a couple hundred, 400 $500 in cash on me just in case. I don't usually use it except for tithing and those sorts of things. I pull that out, I pull out whatever I'm tithing that week, drop that in the basket, and then I will make a note, not during liturgy, I'm not going to pull out my phone, but I'll do it after. So you're going to set all of that up in your spreadsheet. How much do you spend on each category a month? Now, of course, in the beginning, you might not know. So what you need to do is for a month, you need to track these things, right? So you can have a spreadsheet for that, or you can have a note or something and write down, or you can double check your bank statements, how much am I spending on rent? How much am I spending on car payments? How much am I spending on these sorts of things? And get a rough ballpark and then start there. You're going to put that into the spreadsheet. You're going to subtract that from the net income. So like I said, the example we we're working with was 10,000 gross income. Let's say after taxes, it's 7,000. Right to keep it nice and simple. Rent is 2,000. So now you're down to five. Let's say you don't have a car payment. Uh, let's say groceries are 500. So now you're down to four 450. And then let's say miscellaneous is another 500. Now you're down to four, even. Let's say your tithing, of course, is going to be 700. So now you're down to 3,300. And I think I might be missing a category or two there. But whatever they are, let's say there's one or two more categories. And at the end, you're left with $2,000. So out of the 7,000 you're taking home, $2,000 are left. Now you need to decide what to do with that leftover money. And there is a very simple system for this. The first thing you should do, in my opinion, and some people will disagree with this, but the first thing you should do, in my opinion, is to build up a little nest egg of savings, even if you have debt, right? Some people will pay their debts off first, but I like to have at least a little bit of cash, like six months or a year's worth of living expenses. And you can do research on this if you disagree on that. That's fine. This is just tactics. It's not strategy. You're going to take that 2000 and you're going to put it into a savings account until you've saved up a little bit of living expenses in case you lose your job or something along those lines. Your debts aren't going to help you pay that. You end up on the street. It's better to have debts and be, you know, living under a roof than it is to be debt-free and be homeless. So build up your savings first. After you've done that, tackle any high-interest debts you have, like credit card debts or car payments or something like that. After you've paid those off, look at any, you know, low-interest debts you might have. Okay, well, I guess, you know, car payment would be low interest because they're usually 3 to 9%, if I'm not mistaken. And then after that, after you're debt-free and you have savings, then you can start using that money to invest, right? You don't want your savings account growing to 50, 60, $100,000. You don't need that money in savings. It's losing value. If you have a really good savings account, and I do, right? I, I bank with Ally Bank. Their savings rate right now, I think, is 1.5% APR. Inflation. Over these past few months, compared to last year, has been 10%. So the money that I have in savings is losing money. You can also consider something like a money market fund, right? You can pause this episode, write that down, do some research. You'll get something closer to 3 to 4% for your nest egg. But once you've saved up a certain amount of savings, that's going to tide you through any unexpected expenses. Maybe your car breaks down or maybe, God forbid, you lose your job or something along those lines or your business fails. You can live on that until you get back on your feet. You're going to take the rest and you're going to invest it. Now, if you have an employer-sponsored 401k, I recommend contributing to that until you at least match their contribution. Or if you want to max it out, that's even better. Contribute to an HSA. You can look that up as well. That's just a health savings account. That's going to be tax-free. And if you start building up enough wealth and you decide to retire early and stop being an employee, that money can be used to, to spend on health expenses tax-free. And it also goes into investment vehicles. So that's really useful for you. And then you can get a Roth IRA as well. That's another type of investment account for retirement. So those are the big three that you're going to tackle first. Max out your 401k, max out your HSA, max out your Roth IRA. Now, my mom is a licensed, accredited investment advisor. She is not a fan of 401ks for one very specific reason. You can't pull that money out. So you have to absolutely make sure that your nest egg is enough to cover your expenses and you're not contributing to your 401k before you have your nest egg build up, right? Your savings build up. Because if you end up needing the money from the 401k, you pull it out, you pay a penalty. So that's, that's her advice there, right? And of course, there is a disclaimer in the footnotes that I'm not a financial professional. So definitely read the disclaimer. But once you've built up your nest egg, it, it's perfectly safe to contribute to a 401k because it's tax-free. It, it reduces the amount of taxes you're paying on your income. So that's a good strategy to have. Once you've maxed out your 401k, your HSA and your Roth IRA, the rest can go into self-directed investing, right? If there's money left over after that, if you're earning enough to do that, God bless you, that's great. Then you can start investing in, I would recommend something like the S&P 500. I would recommend investing in an index fund. I don't generally recommend trying to beat the stock market, right? Trying to figure out what stocks are going to do really well and buying them because there are people out there, there are institutions out there. Who are full time, who have access to information you don't have, who are doing this 80 hours a week, they're gonna beat you. You're really just lining their pockets. So I like to just track the market in general. It goes up on average 7% a year, I believe. You know, over history, over the decades, it goes up about 7% a year. I think seven to 10%, something like that. So you're best served to just invest in something like that. Or if you'd rather, one of my favorite investment strategies is real estate investing. So you can start saving up for a down payment on a rental property, right? Or whatever other investments, maybe you want to start a business, all of those things are fine, but that's the order you should do it in. So I know that was a lot of information. If you need to go back and listen through this a couple of times, if you need to pause and take notes, all of that is fine. The biggest takeaway really isn't all of the strategies. You can learn those over the months and years. The biggest takeaway is that if you're not budgeting intentionally, if you're not choosing which categories to put your money into, and you know, once you have your initial budget laid out and you maybe you realize you're spending $800 a month on miscellaneous and you look at what are those charges, you can start to reduce that number and try to hold yourself to a higher standard. Maybe you're trying to save up for your first home. Maybe you're trying to save up for when you have your first child or something along those lines, but have a budget. Remember, none of the stuff that I said today told you that you absolutely have to spend less money or make more. I didn't say any of that. And maybe those things are right for you. That's a choice you need to make. But all I really said was to know how much you're spending. I can tell you exactly how much I spend every month on rent, on my side projects like craft, on miscellaneous things like like dates and hanging out with my friends and clothes and tattoos and those sorts of things, on my gym memberships. I can tell you exactly how much I'm spending. I can tell you exactly how much I'm earning. And I can tell you the difference that I'm investing. Right? If you don't know these numbers, you are bleeding money, I promise you. I promise you there are expenses that you don't realize how high they are. There are things that you're spending money on. You don't realize that once you see that number, you'll say something like, man, that's way too high, right? I could spend this money in a smarter way. So for today, obviously, your job is to schedule sometime in the next seven days. It doesn't have to be today. Maybe you're busy today because this is not a five-minute task. In the next seven days, you're going to do these things. Step one. You're going to make a spreadsheet and write down, like I said, your gross income, what gets taken out for taxes, your net income, and you're going to put together a basic draft of your budget. Step two, you're going to find a way to track your categories. I recommend Good Budget as an app. You can also do it manually. You can also use Mint, whatever strikes your fancy, that's fine. And then step three, over the next coming months, you're going to track if you're staying within budget and what are the big expense items that you feel comfortable cutting and how far do you want to cut. To give you an example, if you save just 10% of your monthly income and you put that into the S&P 500, you'll be able to retire in 52 years, I think, 10%. And if you start at 20, by the time your retirement age, you'll have enough money in the bank to withdraw 4% every year, safe withdrawal rate, you can look that up too, and you can live on that forever, right? It won't run out, forever, you could do it for 100 years, a 1,000 years, it doesn't matter. But if you bump that up to 90%, if you start to build your wealth, and that's why we always talk about this, you can retire in less than three years. And by retire, I don't mean kick back on the beach and sip mojitos. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm saying be financially independent. You can quit your nine to five. You can start your own business. You can travel the world. You can work on your passion, right? Whatever it is that excites you and motivates you, right? We've talked about this in the Parable of the Talents episode. Go listen to that if you haven't already and the Craft episode as well. So the less you spend and the more you earn, the sooner you'll be free of the machine. That should motivate you. I know there's plenty of men out there who believe that money doesn't matter. I know that you don't believe that because you're listening to this. It's day 74. You know the stance. You know the the position. So budget, that's the very first step to building your financial stewardship and to stewarding, quite literally, to stewarding your resources and beginning the road to building wealth and becoming an asset to the people around you. So you're going to do that this week. It's very, very important. If you're not doing this, you can't expect your life to ever get easier, right? I know people worry about money sometimes. I'm blessed enough that I don't have to worry about money. You want to get to that position? You absolutely can. I gave you a toolkit here. This is step one. You're going to start budgeting. And then over the months or years, you're going to start investing whatever's left over. And you're going to build financial independence for yourself and you're going to start building wealth to be able to share that with other people, support causes that you care about, and in general, be a good leader and a good steward of your resources the way God intended. That's it for this week's Field Log. If you like what you heard today, you can follow this podcast on whatever platform you're listening on right now. You can also rate the show. That always helps out a lot. You can find me on Instagram, threads, and TikTok at marcian.cx for field log snippets, art, philosophy, and training-related content. You can also visit the website at marcian.cx for much more of the same. I'm still working on consolidating the Warrior King content into the marcian.cx project. So check back at the website soon for the new and improved Warrior King training protocol, which is going to include supersets and my updated supplement recommendations. There's also a 2024 goal-setting guide on the way and, of course, the Warrior King newsletter. If any of that sounds appealing to you, the links to everything are in the show notes below. It's all free, and as always, conquer the day.